This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact handy carrying case and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade the other handle has the saw that comes with it so i use the saw to split the pelvis and i use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out right so uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple very easy and the the knife is sharp and uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking about crossbows and specifically if or when crossbows have gone too far. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some people that, that already think crossbows are not the same thing as compound archery. In Ohio, they're considered the same thing. The seasons are the same. They're treated the same. But as new technology, new new product developments come out it's it's new product season trade show season you know there's been some new products announced this year that you know start to really beg the question is this still archery so jeff and i explore that one today talk to talk through some of that stuff some of the implications of it and uh give our thoughts on that so It was an interesting conversation, so stay tuned for that. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub has been a sponsor of ours for a long time now, and we really enjoy their stuff. They they have their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which is a high-protein feed with mineral mixed in. We've had... We continue to be impressed with it. You know, every time we put the stuff out, we get deer on it right away, it, it lasts a long time, and the deer just like it. It brings deer in. So check that out. Go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and there's information there on how to get in touch with them and try some of their stuff. And with that, let's jump into the conversation about crossbows. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so this episode is... uh, just Jeff and I, and it's not necessarily Ohio specific, but in a way it is because, you know, Ohio is, is, I don't know that very liberal is the word, but like they consider crossbows the same as compound bows. You use them in the same seasons. 
no restrictions on one versus the other. Other states have, you know, different crossbow-only seasons or, you know, different restrictions on compound bows versus crossbows. But today we're going to kind of chat, I guess, on if crossbows have gone too far. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that we all hunt with crossbows. But, you know, it it, it feels like it, it, it at least warrants some discussion on at what point does it stop becoming, or at what point does it stop being archery? And I guess what spurred this conversation is, you know, it's January, it's, you know, in, in pre COVID days, it's trade show time, which I'm Jeff, I'm assuming they're not doing things like shot show and the ATA show this year. Right. I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything, but I assume that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. But so we're starting to see new products pop up on companies' websites, uh, crossbow manufacturers. And I guess that's what spurred the idea for this conversation. So two, two in particular are one made by, by 10 point and one made by Excalibur. So the crossbow or the the 10 point bow is called the 10 point vapor RS470 and there's two models of that there's just the the RS470 and then there's the RS470 zero <laughs> the RS470 zero was the one that kind of uh caught my eye I guess it this bow by itself shoots 470 feet per second, 190, well, and this will get into some other conversation, but their advertised speed is 470 feet per second. Their advertised kinetic energy is 191 foot pounds. What, you know, okay, it's a fast bow. Crossbows and compound bows have, you know, gotten faster and faster over the years. But the, the 10 point comes with a, Garmin, what what they call the Garmin Zero Laser Range Finding Scope on it. And let me back up for, before we get into the details of this bow, I think it might be helpful to kind of back up and talk about the differences sort of by the numbers of just crossbows in general versus compound bows. They're both... You know, and I, and I'm Jeff, I'm, I'm struggling to like differentiate like the old crossbows that aren't that old, you know, uh, versus like the new tech crossbows. But I guess, uh, I guess most major crossbow manufacturers now today sell crossbows that shoot north of 400 feet per second and produce kinetic energy values in the 150 to 190 foot-pound range. Those are their top-end bows. 10-point has 
lots of bows now that shoot faster than uh, 400 feet per second. Right. I mean, <clears throat> most of the, well, not most, but they have lots. <laughs> right. 10 point, you know, they've got their, their sort of tiered brands, right? 10 point is like their high end brand. Horton seems to be their, you know, they bought Horton. That seems to be their yeah. middle of the road brand. And then the I Wicked Ridge Horton, stuff. I think they have stopped doing Horton again. Oh, okay. They have pulled that brand. Okay. Again, which kind of surprised me because I was looking at their website. I don't know, may, maybe back in November. And there was no Horton anymore. Like you could do like replacement parts, like you could get that kind of stuff. Okay. But there was no new bows. So, hmm. but yeah, they have their their tiered brands. Yeah. And then you know Wicked Ridge being their more sort of entry level, lower tier, which are still nice bows. Jacob shoots a, a Wicked Ridge and is happy with it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean a. The lowest grade Wicked Ridge is at the high end of a lot of other bow manufacturers, you know, crossbow manufacturers. Right. So, you know, for comparison, and I, this is by no means an exhaustive, like, research, but just looking at some of the major compound bow manufacturers and their sort of upper end bows, they're shooting... 320 to 340 feet per second, which interestingly enough, compound bow manufacturers don't really report kinetic energy values like crossbow crossbow manufacturers do. I don't know why, but they don't. I so, think it's because arrow preference, you know, is a is more of a thing in the compound bow community. Yeah. You know. Probably. There's there's yeah. all kinds of tweaking, you know, people who shoot a compound, a lot of them like to do a lot of tweaking, yeah. you know, uh, arrow weights, arrow diameters, the whole the whole nine. Yeah, it's so. pretty common for crossbows to come with three arrows that, you know, will be what you practice with and what you hunt with. Whereas compound bows, you know, a lot of times you're just buying the bare bow. And then you got to go buy a sight and a stabilizer and a, you know, have it all tricked out to get it ready to hunt. Right. Right. <clears throat> but so those bows, 320 to 340 feet per second. And it's a, a basic calculation that involves uh, your arrow speed and your arrow weight to calculate the kinetic energy. So those bows come out to like 50 to 80 foot pounds. So there is a noticeable or appreciable difference in energy values, which I think is why you're, you're starting to see, you know, cause for a while there it was all about speed, speed, speed. Everybody wanted faster, 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 but you're starting to see this resurgence especially in the compound hunting space on heavier arrow setups to, to get those kinetic energy values. You're going to sacrifice a little speed, but you get those kinetic energy values up. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so, honestly, if it, in myself and my own opinions with shooting a crossbow, um, 
is with a crossbow, the big thing that I'm more con- most concerned about now is sound. How loud is it? Because most crossbows are shooting plenty fast. Yeah. But you can't really extend your, you know, that that extended range doesn't do much for you because you're not you're not breaking the sound barrier. Right. You know, so it you know, that animal hears the bow go off and can react. Yeah. So Yeah. It's just my so, two cents. <laughs> right. I, I well and I think that gets into the ethics of crossbows in that I can effectively shoot to, you know, not me. I mean, I guess maybe if I practice, but I've never, you know, I've never practiced to a hundred yards with a crossbow, but you know, with some practice, I don't think it would be too terribly hard to hit a, you know, a paper plate size target at a hundred yards with my bow. Yeah. With my, with my crossbow, I got a, a 10 point stealth. And I've practiced out to about 70, 75 and can shoot very reliably. You know, I can shoot very tight patterns at that distance. Um, But I have shot deer that were at 40 yards, you know, maybe 45 and I'll never do it again yeah. because, you know, when I recovered that deer, that deer had moved so much, you know, the, the way the arrow passed through that deer, it, it had moved a lot. Right. You know, I, it, I was lucky to get a fatal wound on that deer. You know, yeah. So it's not, I, I won't do it again because it's not ethical. Right. So you're still looking at a at a weapon that is, you know, yes, it's accurate to farther than that, and there's probably still the energy there to, you know, especially after seeing that compound bows start at 50 to 80 foot-pounds. You know, if you've got a crossbow... You know, like I was mentioning at the beginning, you know, the the this 10-point Vapor RS-470 is, you know, where they're reporting 191 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. There's probably still the kinetic energy there to, you know, get a, a effective shot on a deer. But you just, it's not a gun, right? It's still not a gun, and therefore the animal has plenty of time to react. I mean, yeah, 470 versus 320, the arrow is going to get there faster. Uh, but, you know, it, it just, yes, it's faster, but the deer still has time to react. So for I think for those reasons, is, and I don't want to speak for them, but is probably, you know, some of the reasons that they took into consideration or continue to take into consideration with crossbows in Ohio being considered, you know, you you can use crossbows the same as you can 
uh, compound bows, right? The seasons are the right. same. Right. And when we talked to, to Mike, you know, he had actual research on this, Mike Tonkovich. Yeah. Um, that basically that they find that there really isn't much difference in effectiveness of crossbow hunters versus regular traditional archery hunters. Um, you know, their wound rates were the same and their harvest rates were close to each other. You know, their harvest abilities were close to each other. So Which... they're, it, it, they're, there's not much difference. Yeah. Which, but I, I'd be curious to dig into that. I mean, the, the data, right, the data is the data, but you know, now, admittedly, I don't hunt with a compound bow, but I know that there's a lot more that goes into it, right? Like if I have a bow set up for me for my draw length, you know, sighted in for the way I anchor and, and everything, you can't pick my bow up and be as effective with it as I am because the draw length's not right. You know, the, the way I put my face on the string, face pressure, all that, the way I grip the bow, right? That bow sighted into my shot sequence and you can't pick it up and, and do what I can with it. A crossbow, you can, right? Like you're just going to load an arrow and put the sights on it and shoot. So yeah, especially modern crossbows, right? You know, cause in, Older crossbows, there was some, some, I mean, very little, but some variance in what people were doing, you know, right in, in cocking, you know, if you got that, some people would cock their bows basically with their strings a little that's true off centered and, you know, so they're, they're, but yeah, with a modern bow, it's yeah, the same have... every time, no matter who does it before they the bows had the you know the cocking devices built in or before they had those rope cockers with you know the roller bearings in them we used to use a permanent marker or whatever and mark the string on either side of the you know whatever the the that latch mechanism where it holds the string back so that you knew every time you cocked it that you had it cocked the same way every time but like you said, that's not really right. a thing anymore. Right. So I guess where I'm going with that is if crossbow hunters put the amount of work and practice in that compound hunters do or are forced to just just by essence of, of needing to be proficient, you know, they just need to practice more or should practice more. Would the crossbow, you know, it's, it's, I know the data says there's not much difference, but it's hard to believe that with a crossbow, it, you know, maybe the shots, you know, once you get a shot, but like not getting seen by a deer while drawing the bow back. Right. I mean, like, right, right. You know, there's just, there, uh, there are admittedly advantages to crossbows. 100%. Yeah. So I guess there's, it's hard. I mean, there's no arguing that, I don't think. Right. So it's. I guess uh, it's It's just, it's hard to believe that 
if you were to look at everything, right, that you wouldn't be more effective with a crossbow. I mean, aside from this past season, I was, you know, with my bow, pretty confident that I could go out in the woods, you know, within a couple hunts and shoot a deer. If I were to pick up a compound bow and, you know, hunt with a compound bow next season, uh, maybe I get a deer, maybe I don't, you know. But, anywho. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, if I picked up a compound bow and started practicing with it, I mean, I would be pretty confident that I would get a deer next year, but I would uh, definitely not be expecting to shoot a big monster buck. You know, when I go out with my crossbow, I most of the time have intentions of shooting a monster buck. That's fair. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. Then, you know, so there's already some, admittedly, some advantages to crossbows. Then we get into some of this new tech, right? And, And, you know, it starts to beg the question, when is a crossbow or some other hunting implement like that no longer archery? I think we all pretty clearly, you know, there was that, um, that Benjamin Airbow. If listeners haven't seen it, it's a, it, I even argue to say it has a comp, uh, crossbow-esque stock. It's it more looks like a stormtrooper gun or something, you know, but you, it shoots arrows with compressed air and you know, I think when everybody saw that, it, you know, there wasn't much in the way of arguing that that's a bow and should be allowed during archery seasons. I think that was like the general, the way Ohio's laws were written, that bow, all, you know, I don't think they had to, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they had to change anything to prevent that from being used during archery season, the way that the laws were written already excluded that that bow uh, correct yeah the laws didn't need to be changed the way that they were written already excluded that from being used and now at the time that may have been because i think even there when i was looking at it today i think their marketing material even says that it's it shoots faster than crossbows but that bow according to you know, to their information shoots 450 feet per second with a 375 grain arrow. We just said earlier that this new 10 point bow shoots 470 feet per second. Uh, Now the line's a little more blurry, right? Like I think when that came out, it was like, Oh, that's crazy. That's way faster than anything. It's, you know, that's not a bow, that's not archery. Right. Or is it? Right, yeah. I mean, the lines are definitely starting to get more blurry, for sure. Yeah. So, now we go a few more years. We've got, you know, quote-unquote, not quote-unquote, but like traditional crossbows 
stick and string, pull the string back, locks into place, load an arrow. And 10 point comes out with this bow. And <clears throat> I guess I should preface this as, you know, this is by no means a knock on 10 point. We, you know, we all shoot 10 point bows and very happy. You know, they're, they're right here in Mogador, Ohio. Great company. They make great products. And I assume this is them responding to the market, but they now offer a bow in either, like I said, the 10 point vapor RS470 or the RS470 Zero. The Zero comes with the Garmin Zero laser range finding scope. So you can buy it either way. Um, it's a, with this laser range finding scope, it's, $1,100 more So because there's two different bows that you can get this, this Garmin zero range finding scope on both of them adds $1,100 to the price. This, this vapor RS 470 with the zero scope MSRP for $4,049 and 99 cents. So very expensive bow. And this site is as the name implies, it's a laser range finding scope. So you can, it's got a button right above the uh, trigger and you can press the button, range the animal. You can, it's got a lock mode. So once you've ranged the animal, the way I'm understanding the, I've not shot one or anything, but the way I'm understanding the, the videos and, and marketing material is it will lock onto that animal and it doesn't, you don't have multiple aim points or lines like you do in a traditional scope, uh, crossbow scope. It's just a, an, uh, uh, a dot, you know, like a red dot site, but it's got other information inside this scope. But anywho, once you've locked on to your target, your deer or whatever, if that deer moves, it will adjust closer or farther away. It will adjust that dot in order it knows that it was at 40 and it came into 30. You know, there's no like, oh, shoot, when I ranged it, it was at 40. Now I need to aim, you know, a little lower or whatever. The dot automatically adjusts. And then the other thing is it works because it's shooting a range. It works with... um compatible Garmin devices to drop a waypoint where the animal was standing when you shot because it knows I think on the images like the because they, they have images of what it looks like inside the scope and I think it has a compass inside so it knows direction and distance and then you either get out your you know your Garmin fitness tracking watch or your Garmin GPS module or whatever, and it will, you can walk over to where the animal was when you shot so that it takes the, you know, that, that guesswork out of figuring out like, now where exactly, where yeah, exactly was yeah. this? Well, and yeah, just to explain this clearly, you know, this scope adjusts the dot to whatever the yardage is. So it completely takes any skill out of the game of like okay it's at this distance how high you know where do i need to hold you know it's not 
you're not holding in between two two lines or whatever. It's that dot is always where you need to be holding, which completely takes all human calculation out of it. Right. Which is up in my mind a big part of archery. You know, is that calculating? Right. Right. So as long as you can squeeze the trigger steadily and let the bow go off with the dot on the vitals, you're good. These, you know, these crossbows now are, you know, they have match grade triggers in them with, you know, three and a half pound trigger break. So, you know, like my old crop before I upgraded to this bow, that old bow, I mean, that thing you had to tug on (laughs) this one. It's got a two stage trigger in it, man. It's, it's a nice trigger, you know, it's, it's easy to get a surprise release on my new bow because it's a nice trigger. I'm sure this bow has an even nicer trigger and plus this, you know, $1,100 scope, laser range finding scope on top. So is that still archery, you know? I don't have the answer to it, but yeah, just something to to think about, right? Do, you know, right. are we right? Are, We're are, definitely getting closer to you know the lines being blurred for sure, right? I mean, because in my mind, it's like, well, if you can put this on a on a crossbow, I mean, technically, I mean, weight is a problem, but you could put it on a compound bow too you well know. funny you mentioned that because they have one it's oh really only... i had no idea that, that was a thing yes it's only eight hundred dollars um and same thing you get a single dot projected in the in the the site housing you you range the i think there's a button on near your grip where you can look through the site and range the animal and it tells you the range it adjusts it compensates for angle when you know when you're in the tree it knows the the distance it adjusts that aim point and it you know so it's basically the same thing in a compound bow site housing i didn't know that was a thing until i saw it on the crossbow and started looking into it uh-huh. and thought huh i mean there's still a lot of like executing the shot properly with a compound bow. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like I said, I've not really done much shooting on compound bows, but my understanding is, you know, grip, you know, if you change the way you grip the bow from when you're target practicing to shooting at a deer, it'll change your point of impact. If you, put more fate, you know, you've got more layers on or something. And so you, you, your face pressure on the string changes. It'll change the impact. You know, if there's lots of things that you can do to mess things up just in executing your shot. Mm-hmm. So yes, it gives you an advantage, but is it too much? I don't know. You know, yeah. uh, I'm sure they had similar conversations around like when just regular old laser rangefinders came out, you know, because you used to have to right. just estimate it. Right. Or, well, you know, 
Ohio only very recently allowed range finding scopes at all, like even on guns. You know, that's a very recent change to Ohio hunting laws to allow a range finding scope. Okay. You know, I so at 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 some point someone I mean I believe it was kind of rooted in they didn't want you to have a a laser scope and because a range finder uses a laser you know oh, even though it's invisible yeah. it it was still classified as the same you know it's projecting I gotcha. light yeah but it, yeah. it was a recent change we need to pause here real quick to talk about our sponsor Mastin's Deer Sense. So, Deer Scent is a is a great hunting tool. It's also a good way to get deer in front of your camera. So, if Deer Scent is something that you're interested in either trying, you already use or if you're looking for some different type of scent products, check out Mastin's. You can go to mastinsdeersense.com or ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, and there's a link there that, that jumps you over to their website. But check out their liquid scents. They've got some blended scents that I've, that I've not seen other places. They've got scented gel crystals. They've got scented, like, deer-scented candles that you can use in their double scent stacker. So lots of cool and interesting options. So, again, if that's something you're, you're interested in or interested in trying check them out again mastinsdeersense.com so the other the other bow that we saw recently that you know again maybe starts to blur the line is the the Excalibur twin strike you know Excalibur bows are are known for the the solid limb no cam style of bows right less parts to break that sort of thing so, not blazingly fast, 360 feet per second, but what's special about this bow, or, or new, is, as the name implies, twin strike, this bow shoots two arrows. It's got two different triggers. I guess to the, if you haven't seen this thing, you know, you can just Google Excalibur twin strike, but if you haven't seen it, stacks the arrows on top of each other and not not in that they're touching but you've got an arrow that goes on top like a normal crossbow but then a second set of limbs a second string and below that you know what what everybody's used to seeing in a crossbow you know there's basically a, a cut out in the stock if you will where you slide a second arrow in You've yeah. got two triggers to fire the top string or the bottom string. And, you know, point of impact on, you know, you use the same aiming system. Point of impact for both arrows is very close or, or reportedly very close from what I've seen in, you know, the marketing materials. Yeah, yeah. It's an over-under shotgun crossbow. Yes. I mean, that's that's the best description of it. If you if yeah. you if you trying to make a mental picture here, it's an over under shotgun. Yeah, but it's a crossbow. Yeah, and I what I have to say about these two products, the ten point one and this one, is 
like this is the stuff that you used to draw as kids (laughs) you know and now there are actual engineers out there who are like they're the they're those kids who have grown up and like hey i wanted to do this when i was a kid like i drew this when i was you know 11 years old and now i'm gonna do it we're gonna market this like it's gonna be sold commercially yeah you know it's not just a novelty i mean these are being commercially made and people are going to buy them yeah i mean we'll still yet to see uh you know how much they buy them if they if these things stick around i mean uh, my personal opinion is even though it seems like an astronomical amount of money i think people will buy the 10 point bow with the laser range finding scope on it the excalibur thing i from what I've seen online and, and even in our, you know, group text that we have, uh, some people love it. Some people are like, is this real? <laughs> you know, because it just seems. Yeah, the the Excalibur, I thought, you know, when I first saw it, it was a Facebook post and I thought it was a joke. Like yeah. someone was publishing this as a joke. You know, they had made, you know, this over under crossbow and it's like, you know, whoever designed that, whatever, you know, computer software, like, oh, they did a pretty good job. You know, that's cool. That's funny. And then Jason, I think you texted like, hey, have you guys seen this? And it's like and I was like, wow, I yeah, I saw it, but I just completely wrote it off as a joke. I thought, yeah, that was just some something that a college kid did as you know a joke well and even after i had sent it to you and i you know had gone to excalibur's website and like you know you can buy the thing i still was like are is it are we sure like you could in my opinion you could very easily look at this and go Oh, they, this is like an April Fool's spoof thing. Like they put this page up and because I was looking at their their information and, you know, the the new twin strike bow. Uh, don't just enter the hunt, ace the hunt with a pair of shots. You know, it's like. It just felt a little cheesy. Um the MSRP is $2,222.22. You know, uh-huh. it's like, am, are we sure this oh, yeah. isn't, a, you know? Yeah. But I, you know, because there was, I think this was back college days, but somebody put up a website with a bunch of different axes on it, and they had painted the handles and they had like actually spent a lot of money or not a lot of money, but a lot of time like putting like pretty high quality videos together about like their design process. And they, you know, that there, you know, there was just something so natural and instinctual about the acts and they wanted to, to, you know, give it the glory that it needed. And, you know, and they set this shop up and they were selling these axes for like, Lots of money. And it looked like a legit website until you added it to the cart. And then it was basically like, you know, sort of a spoof thing. Like, 
are you serious? You were going to pay $300 for an ax that I paint, you know, painted the handle on or so- something to that effect, you know? Uh-huh. But, you know, so there was a, you know, knowing that or having seen that, this was a lot of years ago, but it was like, I went as far as to add it to the cart just to make sure it wasn't like a, ha, gotcha. But that being said, it's a real thing and it, you know, it's kind of a good idea, right? How many times have you shot at a deer and either spined it and you need a second shot or totally whiffed and especially with these Excalibur bows there's they don't have the cams and everything there's a there's a lot less stuff to make noise there's a real opportunity to get a second shot on a deer but there again is it still archery yeah i don't know i yeah this is i it totally changes the you know, it's a game changer. It completely changes everything. Right. You know, because right. you're going from basically having one shot to two. You know, I mean, it, you're you're doubling your your shooting capacity. Yeah. You know, it's it's a big difference. You know, it's. It sounds, you know, to a non-hunter, it probably doesn't sound like a that big of a deal. Like, oh, you have two arrows instead of one. Like, whoop-de-doo. But to someone who is kind of got out there and... Because that, that's the one advantage that a a, a regular compound bow or lo- even, you know, any regular yeah. bow hunter has is they can typically get a second shot a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, they just have to click another arrow out of their quiver and knock it where a, someone who's shooting a crossbow, it takes longer. It takes a lot more movement. You can't really do it still and stealthy. Yeah. Or like my bow has one of those crank cocking devices on it. And not that I really sought out a bow with a crank cocking device, but it, it was, there was a sale on this particular bow and it had a crank cocking device. And so it has a crank cock, which means it has a handle that if you drop out of the tree, you can no longer cock your bow. I know this because I've done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So sometimes so, your new tech, uh, you know, gets in the way, handicaps you. So um, yeah, this take takes away one of the, one of the things that kind of makes things maybe tilt more towards a uh, fair, if you will. Right. You know, cause I, I know plenty of guys who have went in the, the woods with four or five arrows bow hunting and have shot them all. Right. And I don't know many guys who have, you know, shot, you know, most cross crossbow hunters usually take three arrows. Yeah. And I don't know if I know anyone who's ever shot all three. Jason, did you shoot all three one time? No, I think I had no. an arrow, but I dropped my... Uh, okay. I dropped my... I could have, but I dropped okay. my cocking handle. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. My but it's 
it's very, very rare. You know, it's because it, it's a uh, a lot more of an investment every time you shoot it. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and so. It, <clears throat> You know, maybe maybe you see two arrows and you and you go, well, that's, you know, I don't know what's another arrow, you know, well, no big deal. But, you know, and maybe we'll look back on this in 10 years and everybody's going to have two arrows and that's the new normal. And this will be just another one of those things in history where, you know, we thought, oh, geez, you know, the tradi- the traditional bow guys when compounds came on the scene were like, oh, compounds are going to ruin hunting. You know, and when crossbows came on the scene, oh, crossbows are going to ruin hunting and, you know, on and on and on. We have these developments in technology and and there's always some people going, oh, that's it. You've gone too far. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I'm with this, you know, because basically crossbows are now going, they're following the evolution of guns. Yeah. You know, you had your, your, your single shots and now you got your over unders and it's like so who's going to come out with the the pump action you know crossbow that's where i was going with that in that i don't think it's too far of a leap to you know have a quote-unquote magazine full of arrows right because part i think it was parker crossbows a while back they came out with a bow that cocked automatically using a pneumatic cylinder. It was still a string, you know, limbs and cams and and a string, but it had a, you know, for, I guess, uh, a picture in your mind, basically a paintball canister, you know, paintball air canister that went in the stock. And I think you hooked a sled or whatever to the string and then pushed a button and it used that pneumatic force to cock the string. And then you could also... And I don't know if it was using the force or if just because it had like some sort of air cylinder in there, you could use it to decock the bow. Um, but it wouldn't be that far of a leap to take, you know, air cocking technology. You know, you can even if it's still a string, you know, because we've sort of decided that the the that Benjamin air bow is is not a bow. Right. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, right? <laughs> At this point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um but there is a bow or was a bow that you could cock with air pressure, pneumatic air, push of a button. Now there's a bow that has two shots. Uh, it's not that far of a leap to now say I'm going to stuff five arrows down in the stock of this thing and with this air cylinder Every time I shoot, it's going to automatically load another arrow into the, you know, so you're talking like a semi-auto shoot, 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 shooting arrows. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because, yeah, I go back to the, you know, drawing things as kids, you know, like. Uh, when other kids were drawing flying cars and stuff, you know, us outdoors kids were drawing this kind of stuff. Right. And flying cars aren't here yet, but a uh, an over-under crossbow is. Yeah. You know, so it's like, 
how how much quickly are you know are we going to advance and when do we draw the line well and i think i think the conversation is important to have especially in a state like ohio where we've got the same rules for crossbows and compound bows because i would hate for us to get into a position where we've sort of forced the odnr's hand and not not we in that like we're making these things but if we're if you know if we buy and use the you know we have the choice to buy and use these things if we start buying and using these things which tells the manufacturers yep we should build more of these we did a two arrow crossbow now we need a three arrow crossbow now you know we did 470 feet per second now we need 570 you know like more and more and more Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get these speeds because you're not holding the arrow, the, the string back, right? You just have to find some way to overcome the force to cock it. And then it can launch an arrow as, you know, as fast as the materials will allow. But do we force the hand of game agencies to say, yep, crossbows have crossed some threshold in, in our mind or in the non-hunting public's mind? And you, you know, you can no longer use them during the regular archery season. They, you have to use them during a firearm season. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, if, if we keep progressing at the same rate and I don't know what the ODNR is going to do about either one of these products, I assume the, the 10 point product is probably already legal. I'm not sure about the the Excalibur bow. I, I don't know if that's legal or not. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I, don't know. I don't know what they're going to do about that. Um, but I think at some point they're they're going to need to set limitations. You know, you can your crossbow can only be so fast, and you can. Uh, you know, only have so many, you know, maybe it's arms, you know, you can only have two, you know, two limbs. Right. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, but if we keep progressing at this rate, they, they got to do something because there, there has to be a difference between firearms and bows. I mean, they're just archery and firearms. There has to be some sort of difference. The line has to be drawn somewhere. And as they get closer to each other, we run into a problem. I mean, I guess devil's advocate, uh, or do they? Right? It, It starts to beg the question, what's the mission, what's the goal of the agency having a hunting season or an archery season. If it's to reduce deer numbers, then you, you know, you can sort of play that scenario out in that, well, we want hunters to have the most effective equipment possible because our goal is to reduce deer numbers or keep deer numbers in check. Right. If the goal though of having an archery season you know, because at that point, then it's like, well, why, why, why archery at all? 
right? I guess you could, I guess, well, I know why. Because you could, you could make the argument that you have these urban areas where gunshots going off either aren't allowed or would, you know, would cause some sort of, um, disturbance. Yes. Yes. There you go. I mean, if, you know, Jacob's property, if, if gunshots go off, people are, are sending text messages trying to figure out who's shooting. Yeah. You know, uh, at, at my house, if someone's shooting, it's completely normal. It, you know, doesn't, doesn't bother anyone. No one that is not out of the ordinary. That right. is not disturbing to anyone. I mean, sometimes it gets disturbing because it's like, wow, when is that ever going to end? <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things like, you know, you live out in the country. That's you're that's the price you know sort of to pay yeah you know i don't need to i can if i want i can walk out on my back porch without any pants on and no one see me you know can't do that in the city but i might have to deal with some some gunshots yeah yeah so you know if if the goal is to be provide hunters with the most effective means of taking deer then yeah laser range finders two shot crossbows three shot crossbows whatever you guys want let's do it but if the goal is to provide the most opportunity to the most people uh, or or maybe some other goal right i mean the in my opinion, the main goal of the ODNR is to, you know, is conservation. And so they are using, you know, protecting the resource and conserving the resource, you know, so it's sort of kind of this balance between the people who want to use the resource and the resource itself, you know, the resource here being game. Right. You know, so you're kind of in my mind it's a it's a scale you know you're trying to kind of balance things out yeah so yeah it's it's tough you know i i i don't know it's this is going to i think i mean in all areas of hunting is going to become an issue you know because i I don't think it's really super ethical. I don't know if it's eth- ethical is the right word, but fair, right to have a, a gun that, you know, has a range finding scope that's adjusting your point of aim. Like that is part of the skill that is required. Right. You know, is to know your weapon and know how much it's going to drop. Yeah, you know, and uh, I guess this also kind of brings it more towards killing instead of hunting. Yeah, you know, if I that's true. If if the odds are tipped in my favor, but I mean, this is probably what people have been saying throughout history. You know, like 
guns tipped the odds in the humans' favor more than bows, and you know when we got into rifling and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I I don't I don't know how you draw the line, what you decide that you know what factors really play in how you draw the line, but we're getting into a new era. It certainly seems that way. And it's going to present some challenges, I think, for state game agencies on, uh, I hope, and our experience has been, they've been pretty good about, at least in Ohio, but I, I hope they don't just make a knee-jerk reaction and, and actually think through, like, what is our mission? You know, what is our mandate being, you know, state employees? And do these do these items, do these weapons help support that? Or are they, you know detracting from that and therefore need to be regulated somehow. I mean, we saw that with the, now I can't remember the name of it, but they, that, that muzzleloader that the only fire, thing you, fire stick, the fire, stick. that's that, that might not be the name of the muzzleloader, but that's the name of the, the powder Part, yeah. cartridge thing. I don't even know what to call it. But, yeah, yeah. the back half of <laughs> right of a traditional bullet, the powder and primer thing. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you're stuffing down the barrel is the bullet. Right. But, yeah. Which I, I saw uh, those powder cartridges at Walmart, my local Walmart. And uh, basically, I was just thinking in my head, like, you're not going to move those, you know, like no one who has that gun is going to come to Walmart looking to buy those, you know, they're not going to expect you to have them. Right. And, uh, last I looked, they were full, you know, they had, they hadn't sold one, you know, the, the, what you want to call it, the bar that they're hanging on was full. You know, you could fit one more on there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like we said, it 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 seems, I guess my opinion is they both seem, they both feel differently, different to me, in that, like, I don't know, this is just, there's some, it's different. Yeah, right? so, yeah, in my opinion, the scope is yeah that's like super high tech like modern it kind of changes the game a little bit but in my opinion like that's still archery that's still fair if you will quote unquote the two arrows i think crosses a line that like having a, a that for some reason that crosses a line to me that's kind of my opinion. Yeah. And with the 10 point and the the scope, the range finding scope in Ohio, I don't think it's really going to cause 
it's not going to change anything for Ohio hunters, really. You know, you yeah, you can be a little bit lazier and not know, you know, your ranges and stuff like that. But that bow is still shooting slow enough that you're not really shooting ethically past probably, I mean, it, it might be 50, 60 yards, which is a long way for archery. Yeah. But at at 100 yards, you'll be lucky to just not flat out miss. You know, because unless this bow is ultra quiet as well, you know, stealthy quiet. Well, I mean, you get into the, I've not done it, but I've not shot at a deer from a hundred yards away, but you get into it and I'm by no means recommending this, but it feels like you could get into a scenario where with a bow like that at 30, 40 yards, that bow goes off. Yeah. That deer knows something is inside my, my security bubble and I'm getting the heck out of here. But I know you've seen deer that have been standing there and a gun goes off over the hillside and it's loud and that deer just stands there, you know? Yeah. So do you get to a point where that sound while, while it's loud is far enough away, maybe that deer standing at a hundred yards and the only thing it does is maybe pick its head up and go, what was that? Yeah. You know, to where you could Possibly if the deer was calm and, you know, I don't yeah, know. You're, you're, no, you're absolutely right. If it's, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. And if that's, I guess that's kind of a, another thing is maybe we just got to kind of see how, how it works, you know, how effective does it become? Right. I mean, because what I was going to say is the state who really needs to be worried, who really needs to think about this 10 point bow and what what they're going to do is Wyoming. Wyoming has bow laws just like Ohio. A crossbow is a bow, is archery equipment. And if you're shooting at an elk absolutely you can you can probably shoot you know with this bow you can probably shoot an elk at 200 yards and have enough energy and that the the kill zone is large enough that that animal can move a little bit and you know you can have a little windage difference and still hit that kill zone yeah you know it's a kill zone on an elk is a lot bigger you know than a deer i mean an elk is a lot bigger animal well interestingly enough they on this crossbow scope they say that it'll effectively range out i think it said 250 yards whereas the compound site compound bow site only effectively ranges out to 100 yards yeah yeah and I I almost think with that that the distance that it effectively ranges 
with this scope, the 10 point scope is unethical. Like that yeah. the company has done something a little unethical because it ranges beyond what an ethical shot is. And Ten Point has basically said, like, they've released their own articles saying that, like, basically our guns aren't, you know, our bows aren't guns. Yeah. You know, they're not rifles, and you can't ethically shoot that far. Like, but then they create a bow and make the scope, you know, range that far, and it's like, well, you're kind of sending mixed messages. Well, they definitely uh, they definitely are because they're also right. marketing this as a long range crossbow. Right, and yeah, that's I I feel that they're that the company and and if if you're hunting elk, yes, a hundred percent, I think you're good to go, but not deer. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. You know, elk or, uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you what Providence it is in Canada, but I, I'm pretty sure one of the Canadian provinces, uh, their archery moose season allows for crossbows. Okay. Now I don't know about the energy, how much energy it would carry. I mean, but also someone, you know, probably is out there hunting with a traditional bow and trying to shoot at 20 yards. Yeah. You know, and, but I mean, a moose has, a, you know, a huge kill zone. Yeah. You don't really need to be all that accurate to, to hit the kill zone of a moose. You know, it's all about more of the penetration. You yeah. got to actually have some, you know, cause if you, I mean, you hit a rib on a moose and you might not get your, your penetration. Yeah. You know, you got to, which potentially that is more of a game of luck than anything else. Yeah. You know, cause if you, if you hit the rib, you don't get your penetration. If you, you know, go in between the ribs, you are getting good penetration. Yeah. And I, but, I think with the 10 point bow, you know, it, yeah, while it seems to be an un, possibly an unfair advantage, it it feels like it's prohibitively expensive for most people. Right. Whereas yeah. the the Excalibur bow, two thousand bucks. You know, I mean, ten point sells two thousand dollar crossbows all day long. Right, and it's two thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a difference. You know, yeah, like, because basically with the Excalibur bow, you're getting two crossbows, really. I mean, that's, you, you, as a, you can kind of rationalize spending that, because it's like, oh, well, they took two crossbows and stacked them on top of each other, so it should be this expensive. Yeah. Where, with a 10-point bow, it's, what did you say? I mean, it's twice the price at least right than what the excalibur is yeah it's four thousand uh yeah. where was it four thousand forty nine dollars right and it's still just a crossbow yeah without yeah. the the laser range finding scope it's 
twenty nine three thousand bucks twenty nine fifty yeah so it uh what was I gonna say I had something and I lost it yeah oh well yeah not I mean the ODNR eventually or all state game agencies are gonna have to draw a line somewhere I mean because Ohio it's it's no longer in my opinion i i don't know what the odnr says about this but it is no longer an issue of safety with not allowing high power rifles in some counties in ohio you know there there's it's not a safety thing it's a effectiveness thing you know they're prohibiting them because of their effectiveness oh you know, and that's my opinion, at least, is, I mean, because in in southern, far southern Ohio, like, it's no different than other states who allow high-powered rifles. And right. those you other go states, across the line to West Virginia and hunt with a high-powered rifle. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's kind of the irony of, yeah, like, you can... And, hypothetically be sitting in one place and see somewhere where you can hunt with a high power rifle. You yeah. know, I'm hunting in Ohio and right across this line, this street is, you know, is Pennsylvania and I can hunt with a high power rifle. Yeah. Or in Southern Ohio, you know, it's right across the river. I can hunt with high-powered rifle. Yeah. So I, I, I think they're, they are prohibiting the effectiveness of some weapons. You know, like that weapon is just too effective. I mean, because a lot of people say that's kind of why Ohio can produce big bucks is because you have to be within 200 yards at the, yeah. you know, 200 yards is the absolute max, basically, for any Ohio hunter. And right. That, you know, makes it challenging. And but that's Ohio having big bucks is big money. Like that's it's a big. Yep. That yeah. brings a lot of money to the state because people, I mean, even people who live here, it's like I have a chance of shooting a big buck. And then you also get the tourism dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it could also be that they don't want to deal with the headache of like this county or this part of this county. You're allowed to deal. You're allowed to hunt with, you know, a thirty out six. But the, right, you know, I mean, it starts to get into a a a. a uh, yeah, absolutely. An enforcement issue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Um, it makes things more confusing. And. But and I guess what I'm saying is like I if any county in the state, even if I don't hunt in that county, said, you know, the, the ODNR said, hey, we're thinking about allowing high high powered rifles here. I would have a problem with that. Because it's that is just not that is not Ohio deer hunting culture. You know what I mean? Oh, like I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's not what we do here. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I would have a problem with it. So, I don't know. I guess, and it, it comes back to this bow thing where I guess probably if citizens, you know, have an issue with it, you need to make it known. And at least so the ODNR can kind of, or whatever state you live in, you know, game agency can kind of look at it and make an informed decision. Yeah. You know, instead yeah, of that's a good point. Like, oh, uh, well, it still uses a string and shoots an arrow. So we're good with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Nobody complained about it. So, yeah, sure. You know, right, right. Yeah. Well, so I think that's probably a good uh, way to wrap it up. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, you know, it's it's not not for us to make the decisions, but just worth having a conversation around and and you know, sort of wrestling with some of these thoughts and and you know these scenarios of what is still archery and and what crosses this sort of. I guess I'll say arbitrary line in in, in the sand that uh, yeah we're okay with this but no we're not okay with that it's it's too much so with that we'll shut it off and uh, I guess before we shut it off let us know you know get send us a comment uh, comment on the post that that you know we make about this episode what do you guys think do these two bows cross the line or are you all for it more more tech you know more advancement is good for the sport gets more people interested lets hunters be more effective what do you think okay so that's it for this week like i said at the beginning i thought that was an interesting conversation and just worth exploring some of those ideas or you know kind of uh uh, you know, exploring some of those arguments. At what point does does a form of hunting cease to be what it was when it started, or what it was intended to be? You know, things to think about. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Let us know. You know, comment on the post. We we try to make a post uh, when the episodes go live. So comment on that post send us an email um send us a comment a you know direct message on instagram or facebook or ohio huntsman on facebook ohio huntsman underscore podcast on instagram so let us know what do you think and with that i think we will let you all go and we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening Mm -hmm.